Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Welcome into the show. This is the Wednesday edition of Scoops with Danny Mac. I'm Dan McLaughlin. The text line is open, and there's been a bunch of... Well, I'm just going to kind of continue the conversation that we had about making the game a little bit more entertaining. We're talking about baseball, but also some of the top pitchers from Buster Olney looking at relievers and starters. 65780. There's been uh, some pretty cool comments on that. The text line... Is open 65780, and Brian Walton is coming up. But 65780, if you want to jump in, Tanner is with us, and Brian Walton coming up from thecardinalnation.com. And some news on the schedule starting for Major League Baseball and the minor leagues. Always love to uh, visit with Brian Walton. So, again, this is from Buster Olney. I wasn't sure if I was going to get into this, uh, Tanner, but it is interesting. So, Buster's got his top 10 starters. Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Trevor Bauer, Max Scherzer, Hugh Darvis, uh, Lucas Giolito, Kershaw, Noller, uh, Nola, and Bueller. Hendricks for the relievers, Williams, Hayter, Anderson, Chapman, uh, Britton, Duffy, uh, Iglesias, Pomeranz. Flaherty last year had nine games started. I, I throw this out the window. He's four and three, 40 innings. Uh, 10 strikeouts per nine. I, I don't look at that year a season ago when a lot of people thought he might be the Cy Young Award winner, me included, because he was coming off a dominant second half the year before because of the shutdown. Cardinals were going to treat him with kid gloves, rightfully slow uh, show. And they were looking at that year to be very careful with him. Smart. You don't want to, I mean, hey, this is, 60-game season, you're not sure how things are going to go. You want to be very, very careful with him. He's going to be the leader of the staff for that year, this year, upcoming, and many years to come. You're hoping. So you want to be really careful with him. And it's his future, too. So now you could have a normal, what you're hoping, spring training and regular season. I would expect him to be in the top 10. I would have put him in my top 10. I throw last year out the books. Um, I think he's in my top 10. I got to put him in my top 10. I don't have him in mine. Why? I, I understand that 2020, the short season, can't look at anything about it, but I do hold a little concern based on what we saw last year. Just a little bit. It's not a lot. I'm not hitting the panic button with Flaherty, but I don't think he sits in the top 10 because I look at some of those guys on that list and kind of what their numbers were for 2020. Just looking at Kershaw's right now. Shortened season, 10 starts, 2.16 ERA, 6-2. and two. Now, he didn't have the shutdown. But they treated him differently because he's a veteran and they had spent so much money and they were going for it. Where the, I'm not saying the Cardinals weren't, but the Cardinals were shut down for 17 days. They were in a hotel room and they're at different stages in their career. If they blow out Clayton Kershaw, it's one thing. If they blow out Jack Flaherty, it's another. He's got... 10 to 15 years left in his career. Kershaw, it's a different situation. I see that, but I also think that a top 10 starter in baseball can work through, uh, what would be the word, work through the circumstances that he was given. 
and that his numbers could reflect more. I understand that the the Cardinals took baby steps with Flaherty, as they should, because he's a future number. Or he is the ace of the Cardinals staff. I just think if he was a top 10 pitcher, the numbers would show a little bit more in 2020. From the uh, 636, allow celebrations, but get away from the boring station to station. Walk, strike out, home run baseball. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I think we're going to have celebrations more and more. And if you watch baseball this last year and no one was in the stands, it's just becoming more accepted. Whether you like it or not, I think we're going to see it even with the veterans you're seeing celebrations it's not just the young guys some of the young guys aren't doing it it's the even the veterans are doing it and i think it's becoming more accepted in the game of baseball and people are just saying okay that's just the way the game is played and that's the way it's going to be done i i got no problem with it anymore why shouldn't we see pitchers do some celebrations too like yet fernando Rodney used to shoot the arrow why not come up with a cool celebration well did you watch trevor bauer this year that's true that's fair but he's like the only one that i can think of off the top of my head that really would celebrate on the mound dennis eckersley he was pointing at people. Remember, he used to point at people. There are guys that used to do it. I mean, there's guys that used to fist pump. I mean, you think about Randy Johnson. He used to do it. But there weren't people that were going to say anything about Randy Johnson because they were going to take one in the ribs. So they were like, okay, thank you, Mr. Johnson, and went back to the dugout. So it was like, okay, I'm good. They went back. Uh, 314, I think Jack Flaherty is a good pitcher, but I believe Cardinal fans overrate him. He had a good second half in 2019. All of a sudden, people think... He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he had a great, not a good 2019. He had a historic second half of 2019. Evan Langoria, before the All-Star break, we were in San Francisco, hit a home run. He had a no-hitter going in that game. A no-hitter. Hits a home run, and then in the second half of 2019, he had a second half that was on par of Bob Gibson's 1968 season. It wasn't good. It wasn't great. It was historic. That's why people thought Jack Flaherty was going to have a tremendous 2020. So I tried to pump the brakes on a little bit. I thought he would be very good. I thought he would be in the conversation potentially as one of the top pitchers in baseball. That's why, because you can build on that. Now, I tried to pump the brakes on and say, hey, it was good. It was great. It was historic. But there was a lot of pressure put on him. Um when he's right he's as good as anybody anybody in baseball so it becomes a situation where every fifth day can he be as consistent as anybody in the game and if he is then he's one of the best in baseball it's that simple it's a mid-90s fastball with a slider that is a dot that goes off the table that's why you consider him one of the best in baseball uh the 618 talking about the game right now bring on the electric strike zone the inconsistencies from batter to batter pitcher to pitcher make the game hard to watch i think it's coming i do think it's coming sometimes i used to say can't believe i'm going to say this no way should we have the electronic strike zone and then i watch certain umpires and i say please bring on the electronic strike zone because the inconsistencies are awful But there was a game I was watching in the Arizona Fall League two years ago. And a ball bounced in front of the plate, Tanner. In front of the plate. And it was called a strike. The batter looked back at the umpire. and It was a third strike. 
And he kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, "I'm basically said, I'm sorry, but I have to go with the electronic strike zone and you're out. And the batter was like, you got to be kidding me. And he said, I got to go with the electronic strike zone. You're out. Oh. So there are some glitches before the electronic strike zone is instituted because it's not fully usable yet. It's close, but it's not quite there yet. <laughs> I can't even imagine just the feeling of the ball bounce. Sorry, you got to go with it. I wish I had an agent, and I wish this was the agent. 618, they need a bigger push to get the TV and radio announcers and let them do the postseason. Love you, Danny Mac. I, I tell you what, the 618 right here, I don't have an agent, but if I did, you would be it. Thank you. Uh, 618 again, this is a different one, but um, Jack Flaherty is a stud and um, needs to be the number one this year and take the reins and go with it. I agree. Um in terms of, let's see, this is from the 314. KK and Jack Flaherty, 1 2 this year. I happen to agree with that. Danny Mack, who's the rest of your rotation? I guess you got to have Michaelis. We talked about this. I think Randy was talking about Reyes in the rotation when I was driving in, or in the, in the bullpen. I, I like Reyes in, in my rotation. I think they're going to give him every opportunity, and I like Carlos in my bullpen. And who am I? I've been. I like Gomber in my rotation. I like yeah. that. I I like Reyes in the. I actually like Reyes and Martinez both in the bullpen, but I think Reyes will get a shot at starting this year. I, although it is interesting, Seymour's pitching well in the Dominican uh, Dominican League right now. So I'm interested to see if that carries over into spring training, and then he makes that push for that final spot. Well, you're going to have a lot of guys pushing. I find it fascinating that Carlos Martinez, if fans don't know this, is starting in winter ball. So this is a guy that's got a pretty good resume in Major League Baseball and is pitching in winter ball, if you didn't know that. He's trying to get a lot of innings under his belt before spring training starts. So, you know, that's something to think about as uh, the Cardinals go ahead. And they are hoping, I mean, we're about... Five and a half weeks away from the start of spring training. Can you believe that? Five and a half weeks. I'm excited. I am too. So five and a half weeks. Now let's see if the NL Central actually does something in the hot stove. Let's actually do something. I don't know. I don't know if that one will happen. (laughs) Tanner is with us. Does a great job running the board. Our producer and Brian Walton is coming up. We appreciate all the uh, text messages rolling in. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It's a Wednesday, and as always, we visit with Brian Walden of thecardinalnation.com. And Brian, let's jump right into it. There is some news. We hope it means that baseball returns on schedule with spring training. First of all, Happy New Year to you, and hopefully everybody is safe and healthy with your family. How are things going? Great, Dan, and uh, same to everybody out there listening to us. Happy New Year to all of you, and uh, we're looking forward to a much more exciting and more comprehensive year in baseball in 2021 than we had in 2020. We are hearing that maybe a 162 schedule would get played and start on time with spring training. At least that's some of the, the news out of the last 24, 48 hours. What are you hearing? Well, Dan, uh, you know, this is a, there's a whole domino effect across all of baseball that we'll get into, but let's start with what's been, what's been said. Now, remember, back in the fall, 
Major League Baseball announced their schedules for the 2021 season. Full schedules, 162 games, normal, you know, normal schedule, no funny division alignments or anything like that. They also announced a regular spring training schedule. So the assumption is everything was going to be on schedule. Now, of course, we all know the challenges with the virus and how fast the vaccine's out there and when will municipalities allow stadiums to, you know, uh, allow teams to let people into their stadiums and how many and all those questions still have to be, oh, and oh, by the way, how many players are going to be on rosters and are we going to have a designated hitter and et cetera, et cetera, and how much a player's going to get paid? All that's got to be decided. But the important thing is that that there's a plan that's being worked on, which is to get everybody to camp on time. Now, when they say everybody, I mean the 40-man roster, who are the guys who are automatically invited to Major League Camp. When you're on a 40-man roster, you come to Major League Camp, period. Now, they have other guys that they invite they call non-roster players. But this year, it looks like what they're going to do is they're going to bring in the AAA players. So, and the difference there is that while a lot of non-roster players are AAA players, Teams also bring in a number of younger players, the high potential ones, to sort of get a taste of Major League Camp. So, uh, you know, a Nolan Gorman, for example, who you know didn't have any real opportunity to play in St. Louis in 2020, he still got brought into big big league camp, both in Jupiter and then when they they reconvened in in St. Louis because they want to let him get a taste of that. So. The plan would be that those guys, the major league players and the AAA players, would come to spring training together. Now, that's a good deal for them, but what that also means is that the other players that typically come to minor league spring training, that typically starts around the 1st of March, give or take, those players, and I'm talking about AA and Class A, so Springfield, Peoria, Palm Beach, the players that would play there, they won't get to come to camp until after the major leaguers and the AAA players leave camp and start the season. Now, that's not a terrible thing if the major league season starts on time. But if it doesn't start on time, then you've got this backup that's going to occur across the minor leagues where the AAA and the, and the Class A players won't be able to come to camp if the major league players haven't moved ahead. Also on the major league side, you've got the question of are they going to have to play in some kind of modified bubble? And what about all the AAA teams? Because the major leaguers uh, you know, fly a charter typically, but the AAA players fly commercial. So are they going to be able to have a normal schedule where they fly and, and you know, with, with the general public? And, you know, so there's a lot of questions yet beyond, but, but, but to, to back to your point, Dan, it's a positive thing that the, that the, everybody is going to try to get to camp on time and get the season started on time. Yeah. And you got to wonder too about with the minor leagues and they're so dependent on fans in the stands and not to say that the major leagues aren't, but they've got the big TV money. They've got other revenue streams. The minor leagues are so dependent on fans in the stands can they survive without fans in the stands? And that's something if it gets pushed back and the vaccine is rolled out and you can congregate, that makes it a little bit easier to swallow if you push the season back with the minor leagues. Would you agree? Dan, that is so huge. Now let's go back to 2020 for a minute. Remember that the minor league seasons couldn't be played. That means, and you were talking about the percentage of revenue that comes from what they call game day revenue, which is tickets and parking and concessions, that kind of thing. For At the major league level, depending on the team, it's in the 40 percentage range. The Cardinals say they're at 50 or more because they're more dependent on those 3.4 million fans. But the point is, half, half the revenue at the major league level, because they've got TV contracts and all the other things you, you mentioned, at the minor league level, if they don't have that game day revenue, they're dead. They're cooked. They got nothing. 
So, and, and the problem, as I mentioned before, the positive is, hey, the major league schedules got announced. They got announced last fall. The minor league schedules did not get announced. So you're a minor league team owner. You can't sell sponsorships. You can't sell season tickets because, number one, you don't know when the season is going to start. Number two, you don't know how many games you're going to play. And so how can you, how can you take money for tickets that you don't know if you're going to be able to sell? Yeah. So, and, and by the way, all the restructuring of the minor leagues, there's new agreements that have to be signed. All those 120 teams that survived, none of them are officially in yet because they haven't signed their agreement with Major League Baseball that says, I'm going to play by your rules, MLB. I'm going to upgrade my facility. I'm going to you know, do the right thing for travel. Uh, and by the way, I promise not to sue you, MLB. And until all of those teams sign that agreement, which hasn't even been presented to them yet, the teams won't get a schedule. And if wow. they don't have a schedule, they can't sell tickets. It's a nightmare. Uh, it really is. And it's got to be settled here in you know roughly about six weeks if you're a major league club. That is when a major league season would start. A spring training would start roughly, Brian, in about six weeks or so. Right. Spring training in roughly middle of February to the end of March, give or take. But you know, as we talked about, that domino effect goes down further in the minor leagues. What they talked about was maybe if the AAA, I mean, sorry, the um, the Class A and Double and A seasons, maybe they wouldn't get to start till May one because they can't come to camp until the other players have left, right? But they might run till October one, so maybe they would give those leagues the same number of games they would have had before. Well, here's the problem with that. What that means is that the minor leagues, those when we call them full season teams, they play roughly 140 games. Those teams would now have to be playing in September where they've never played. Uh, the minor league season traditionally ends Labor Day and then they have their playoffs for a week or so and they're done. And there's reasons for that. Number one, the kids are back in school. Number two, football started. And in those local communities, there's just not, they're not going to be people going to the ball. And by the way, the weather starts getting cold. People just aren't going to go to the baseball games at the same level in October as they would earlier in the year. So there's a lot of questions yet. Uh, about just the full season level. And now we haven't even got the short season yet. What do you think they, they have to do? Major League Baseball, what do you think the time frame is for them to make a decision on, on whether or not we start spring training on, on, on time? What do you think a realistic time frame is? And I, I know it's a tough question to answer, but what do you think a realistic time frame is to start telling players? Because I've seen, for instance, yesterday I, I saw Jason Kipnis tweet out he said it would be nice to know if we're starting in march or is it going to be april or do i need to know do i have to be ready in february what do you think a, re- a reasonable time is to to let these players know hey you got to be ready by date x to get ready physically mentally to gear it up and be ready for a major league season uh, dan i i would love to answer your question directly but i can't and the the real let me, let me answer, answer your question with another question when is major league baseball and the the major league baseball players association the players union going to agree on the protocols that are going to be followed this year right yeah that's a great question you just I mean, don't know until until you know what the protocols are you don't know you know who can report now players you know as well as i do dan traditionally there are a group of players who either live in Florida who are just anxious to get started and the calendar flips over the new year and guys start showing up informally in camp. Well, you know, it's not like the old days where people could just show up. Now they've got to have test intake testing and there's got to be all kinds of protocols. And by the way, then the team has to have all the employees in place to do all that work and they have to pay them more to do that because they would have to come in earlier. So there's just, there's all these complications and 
I don't know. You just have to hope that the owners and the players are actually sitting down and the players union are actually sitting down and working this through, but there's no, there's no smoke signals. You know, like you're sitting there waiting in the Vatican. Is the smoke going to be black or is it going to be white? There's none of that going on right now. We're not hearing anything that's going on. Hey, Brian, if you could stay with me uh, through the break, I want to get to your predictions, Cardinals predictions for 2021 and a lot to talk about uh, concerning the third base position maybe some of the top prospects, and as well as what may happen with the Cardinals in terms of Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright, some news potentially with them. Hey, I hate to admit it, but my eyesight is getting worse. That's why i got to tell you about I Promise. Now, as many of you know, I've told you about this, called some of the baseball games off the monitors this year when the Cardinals were on the road. And my eyes, I noticed they were getting really tired and strained from staring at the screens. I also know that my kids, they're spending a lot more time on their phones, tablets, computers, going to school virtually. So I got to tell you about iPromise. iPromise is a local company based right here in St. Louis. They're all natural products are formulated by optometrists, manufactured right here in the United States, certified by NSF for purity, and they come with a 60-day money-back satisfaction guarantee. The Screen Shield product line will help alleviate screen time-related symptoms like occasional headaches. I was getting those those dry, tired eyes, and it can help you focus. It's also really helped me sleep. Screen Shield Pro, Screen Shield Teen, act as an internal sunblock for your eyes. It'll help filter out the blue light from all that screen time. So forget the blue light glasses. I'm taking this product. My family takes it. It is helping all of us. I promise is the number one doctor-recommended eye vitamin, the number one choice of pro athletes. I know some athletes that take this. Uh, major colleges and universities, they have their athletes taking this. You should as well. And if you use the promo code MAC, M-A-C as in Danny Mac, when you place an order, you will get 50% off at ipromise.com. Visit E-Y-E-Promise.com today. That's ipromise.com. Coming up, more with Brian Walton. That's next on 101 ESPN. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. This is 101 ESPN on a Wednesday. A reminder that Alex Ferrario and BK will be out at Centene covering Blues practice. We'll hear from them in just a moment. But let's continue our conversation with Brian Walton. Brian of thecardinalnation.com. Brian, as always, is with us on Wednesdays talking St. Louis Cardinals baseball. Brian, uh, thanks for continuing to hold through the break. I want to jump into your predictions for 2021. Now, one of the things that you wrote about this past week, I got a kick out of some of these, but one of the things I want to start with with your predictions was you think that uh, 2021 can be kind of like 2019. So, what did you uh, what did you mean about uh, you know going into 2021 how that can be kind of the new 2019? Well, what I mean is that as admirable as everything that was that happened around the Cardinals in 2020, you can't really attach much significance to any of it other than hey, they made the playoffs and it was a wonderful year. But, you know, guys who played well or guys who didn't play so well, you know, the number of guys had starts and stops in their training because of COVID and because of the interruptions and it's just Really, it's almost like 2020 didn't happen in a way, and we're starting 2021 as if we're coming off 2019. We still don't know, you know, for sure what's, you know, who are the guys in the outfield that are going to play? 
it, there's a bunch of questions among the pitchers. Which pitchers are going to be starters? Which are going to be relievers? It's sort of like every question that we had a year ago about the Cardinals, we still have. Another thing that uh, is on everybody's mind, and we've been talking about it every day just about since the final out in San Diego, Yachty and Wayno, will this be their swan song? And it could be in St. Louis, or they might play one more year. And in maybe Yachty's case, he plays two more years. But who knows if it'll, if it, if it'll uh, be right here in St. Louis. Well, and the Cardinals are waiting to see what happens in the market. I mean, everything, every indication we get, every rumor we get is that the players are, you know, waiting for the phone to ring with that offer that's good enough for them to accept. And by the way, this isn't specific to the Cardinals. This is happening across the game, you know, with the exception of the, the, the rare San Diegos who are, you know, who are really making big moves. The Cardinals, like everybody, everybody else, are just sitting on the sidelines and kind of waiting, biding their time in, in hopes probably that, that they can get better deals, in all honesty. And Adam Wainwright, you know, after he came off that, was it five-year, $95 million contract, that he was hurt a lot of the time. You know, he, he agreed the last couple of years to a one-year contract with some incentives, and it was a very fair deal for him. It was a very fair deal for the team because when he delivered and he pitched the innings and delivered, you know, he got, he got paid appropriately. But if he had been hurt or ineffective or whatever, he wouldn't have got paid as much. And that's the way it ought to be. But Yadier Molina's not in the same place, right? He's just coming off this three-year, $60 million contract, and he's not to the point where he says, hey, I'm ready to take a reduced role. Hey, I'm ready to take less money. Hey, I'm ready to, you know, play less and, and groom that, you know, my replacement and all that. He's not saying any of that. You know, he wants to play every day. We know that. And so, you know, that uh, that has money expectations as well. And, you know, the reality, though, is that I'm sure the rest of baseball is looking at these two guys thinking – hey, they're going to return to the Cardinals anyway, so if, you know, why should I spend a lot of time trying to chase them? Because chances are good they're going to end up back in St. Louis anyway. We are back to square one in you know, in a certain way of sorting out the outfield, whether it's Justin <clears throat> Williams, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Lane Thomas, the list goes on and on. But this has got to be it, Brian. This has got to be sorting out the outfield with this group and this cast of characters. Well, the good news is, you know, it's clear that in 2020, Dylan Carlson stepped up. He came up initially, they stubbed his toe, he went back, he came back, and he, you know, he, he solidified his role. Now, he may not play in the same position in the field every day, but we're going to see Dylan Carlson in the lineup every day. As we talked about last week, who knows where that is in the order? Is it one, two, four, six? Uh, you know, who knows? But he's going to play. But, you know, then if you assume that Dexter Fowler is going to continue to play, and, and by the way, if you look until Dexter Fowler, you know, had to had to go on the injured list because of that medication uh, complication he had, Fowler was one of the top three outfielders on the team. You know, he deserved to play. Uh, there was nobody else that was stepping up to, to push him to the bench. But in, in an ideal scenario, some of these young players, whether it be Lane Thomas or O'Neill or whoever, they would play well enough that you know Dexter Fowler could move maybe into a reserve role or at least a platoon role. And then you got Harrison Bader, who you know not only is of course a, a gold glove caliber defender, but he was one of the top three hitters on the Cardinals team last year. Now, again, last year was last year. I get it. But certainly Harrison Bader did nothing in 2020 to show that he shouldn't play. Although I will say that his numbers continue to be very, very strong, much stronger against left-handed pitching. But the bottom line, what I'm saying with all these words is there aren't a lot of places for these guys to play in the outfield to get playing time, especially even if the designated hitters developed, if the Cardinals bring in another bat, because the hints that have been left around is that's the place where they think they could add some more offense that blocks off these young outfielders from you know, playing there as well. So 
you know, something's got to give in terms of giving these guys playing time. And you just hope with a 162 game season instead of a 58 game season that we would see enough of these guys so that when Fowler's contract is up at the end of next year, you know, they'll know which guys are keepers and which guys aren't. And of course, they're a little more cautious probably because of what happened with Randy Rosarena. Now, nobody remembers about Magnus Serrera and Adolis Garcia and all the guys that they outfielders they gave up on that didn't turn out to be anything. But Randy Rosarena was right smack in our face in the World Series, and that's probably caused the Cardinals to be a little more gun-shy about giving up on these guys before they get a real chance. How about a third-base transition potentially in 2021? <clears throat> All right, so now let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning of the call, Dan. They bring in the Major League players and the AAA players first. That would imply they're not going to bring in the younger players. And those younger players, by the way, are the guys that – we most kind of want to see maybe in St. Louis late in the year, if things go well. And I'm talking about Liberatore and Thompson and Nolan Gorman. Those guys aren't triple A players. They never even played a game at double A. So are they going to be in big league camp? Are they going to get the benefit of a full season? Or are they going to be these guys that get stuck reporting later and later and later and maybe not playing a full year? And it's bad enough that that might happen in 2021. But if you go back a year to 2020, they were the guys that, you know, all they could get was that time in alternate plant camp, play, camp playing scrimmages against each other. So, you know, you really need a full 2021 minor league season to learn more about these guys like Libertor and Thompson and Gorman and others who you're hoping will be contributors in 2022. And the lefties, and you mentioned them, they may be coming, and that's Thompson and Libertor, and it was even mentioned by John Mozeliak, you may see those guys and especially, as you just said, if there's no minor league season, you just might see those two guys. Yeah, and, and the real question is, you know, if there's no minor league season, how do they get the work? You just hope that there's going to be some kind of alternate, you know, c capability if minor league se seasons aren't played. Because, you know, the, the word is among, you know, pretty much everybody in the organization from top to bottom, from from Mr. DeWitt, you know, on down to Mike Schilt, you know, they think that, that Libertor made great strides and he could pitch in the same, maybe he'll be in the bullpen in St. Louis this year. I'm not saying the rotation, but you know he could get his feet wet and you know be ready to stake his claim potentially in a rotation spot for 2022. Thompson had a little bit of a problem with his shoulder in camp. It was early on, so he didn't get to pitch as many innings. But of course, they're very very high on him too. And as a college player, you know he's he's a little more experienced uh, than Libertor is. So you know you've kind of gone through what I believe are kind of the top stories, not of 2020. One for the Cardinals, not just now, but over the over the course of the season, it's going to be. And I kind of skipped over Gorman, but the point I wanted to make there was, you know, um, Matt Carpenter's contract only has one year to go. There's an option for next year, but most folks think that that's not going to you know get vested. And so, you know, you'd kind of like to see if Nolan Gorman's going to be ready to try to step in and take over that job next year. And yeah, it's, you know, it might be fast, but I, I think that's an ideal scenario for the Cardinals versus having to either extend Carpenter or, or bring a stopgap guy. Love talking baseball with you, Brian. Brian from thecardinalnation.com. Content every day of the year, 365 days around the calendar. And, uh, Brian, what are you working on uh, this week? Well, we'll talk next time about some of the Cardinals playing in winter ball. Uh, we've got a report up. Yesterday was a report on the hitters, uh, a detailed scouting report. I've got a, got a reporter, um, Blake Newberry, who's been watching all the uh, – uh, league games from Dominican Republic and Venezuela that he can find. So we've got a detailed report on Edmundo Sosa and how he's playing. Um, 
Dennis Ortega, catcher's been playing very well. And Jose Rondon, who is a, a signing that the Cardinals made on a minor league deal just a couple weeks ago, uh, had a game that he had four doubles and eight RBI. I mean, you know, so there's some guys in winter ball that are interesting. And then, of course, what you'll see up today is our report on pitchers. And the big story there, of course, is Carlos Martinez is pitching again in the Dominican. It's a little unusual for a major leaguer with his level of experience to be playing in winter ball. But we know his regular season ended with that oblique injury, and he's pretty much been told, hey, if you want to start next year for the St. Louis Cardinals, you got to come in and earn it, my friend. And so Martinez has said his goal is he's going to pitch in winter ball, and he wants to come to camp ready to throw 100 innings out of the gate. Now, I don't think that's reasonable, but it's a mindset that apparently he's established. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Brian. We'll uh, catch you up next Wednesday. Take care, Dan. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Hey, Dan McLaughlin for Saliga. They've been doing business out of the same location on Gravois since 1927. And Saliga is celebrating, how about this, folks, over 93 years in business. Their fourth-generation family-owned business currently run by Dan Saliga. And Dan and his team, you've heard me say this time and again, they pride themselves on great customer service. They offer 100% satisfaction guarantee. So we are in now the dead of winter. And it is cold outside. So turn on that furnace. You have, you find out it's not working. And when you find out it's not working or working efficiently, you give Dan a call. Right now, Saliga is offering 36 months, no interest financing on any new furnace. 72 months, no interest financing on all new systems. Plus, they have American Standard rebates and Ameren rebates. Saliga Heating and Cooling, the air quality expert. They have a special going on right now. Many of our 101 ESPN listeners have taken advantage of this. You can ask for the Danny Mac Daddy Indoor Air Quality Special. Essentially, you just mention my name. You say, hey, Dan McLaughlin sent me. You get duct cleaning, air scrubber, humidifier, blower wheel cleaning, and all you have to do is call Saliga. Mention my name, the number to call to get that deal, 314-481-7333. We had a bunch of customers do this last week when it got real cold. 314-481-7333. Tell them I sent you. Get that deal. SaligaHeatingAndCooling.com. Saliga Heating and Cooling, an independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Back with more on 101 ESPN in just a moment. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Our thanks to Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. We switch gears. It's the crossover. Alex Ferrario out at Centene. Training camp continues for the St. Louis Blues. Good morning, Alex. How are things going? Good morning, Danny Mac. I promise you I'll try and keep my enthusiasm to a minimum today after yesterday. Yeah, I wonder if uh, you got a comparison to Glenn Hall coming up. Well, Jordan Bennington might look like him. You never know. Although right. he wears a face mask when he's out there, so that's the important factor. All right. All well, maybe Grant Fuhrer. I, I don't know. I mean, what else you got? I'm you okay know, with that. Pronger, I think McKinnis. everyone would be okay with that. Anybody else you want to throw well, out there? I'll just say this. Colton Pareko just scored on the power play from the blue line with a slapper a little bit ago. Does that make you uh, feel any better? Well, maybe McKinnis. Okay. There you go. I mean, you went a little overboard yesterday, but I, I hey, did you notice I didn't? I waited until the crossover until we had... 
BK on and I said Hall and Oates and he went he went and ran with it. I didn't say anything at Dan, the time. I hear your sarcasm underneath your breath when you talk with me, so I understand. <laughs> I understand where you're coming from with all of this. Uh what's going on with practice today and then you will have a little broadcasting going on tonight. I think our fans are going to love it because we've got a scrimmage going on tonight. That's right, Dan. You know, uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh to uh opening night next Wednesday and so today I just got here about 20 minutes ago and they have the first unit on the ice and they're working on power plays and penalty kills right now Uh, and I just tweeted out a picture of it a little bit ago but your power play units are kind of what I think people expected Shen Perron O'Reilly Hoffman and Krug on the first unit and then the second unit Bozak Schwartz Thomas Dunn and Colton Pareko Um, working on those right now it's kind of a varsity junior varsity split today and the scrimmage of course being tonight but a lot of the guys that you would expect to be on the NHL roster are in practice right now in that second group, guys that might be pushing for a taxi squad spot or the AHL spot, they'll be practicing at about 11.30 later on this afternoon. But yeah, we got the scrimmage tonight, and we'll be the only ones broadcasting it, which is awesome. Of course, the home of the Blues, uh, so people who I know frustrated they can't come out to Centene and see the practice with everything going on right now. Uh, myself, Joe Vitale, we're going to be broadcasting this week in hockey from 6 to 7 um, at the preview of the scrimmage when the guys are warming up, and then from uh, from 7 to 8 o'clock or whenever it goes to, it'll be myself, Joe Vitale, and Chris Kerber uh, Kind of a discussion going on with scrimmage. Not so much play-by-play, but more talk of what's been going on at camp. A couple of players, and of course, we'll uh, we'll answer a lot of questions as well. There was some news with the minor leagues, at least the affiliate yesterday. Maybe you can describe that. Yeah, it's uh, so the AHL, the Blues, announced that the Springfield uh, Thunderbirds, which is their new affiliate because San Antonio uh, left the Blues and they went with Vegas. So Vegas is now the uh, NHL affiliate for that AHL team. Springfield opted out of the season, and I'm not surprised because there's a lot of places that are like that. And if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're publicly owned. So basically, you know, if they don't have fans in the stands, they're not making money. So Springfield backs out of the season. So the Blues are transitioning to the Utica Comets which is another AHL affiliate. Vancouver's their big clique club. Um, and the Blues will basically loan some of their players to Utica. And it makes a lot of sense because, you know, it's going to be a weird season for the AHL. They're not playing a full year. They're starting in February. Um, and I think it's the way to go because you don't have that many prospects that are going to be playing in the AHL because you have this taxi squad. I would imagine you're going to max out that taxi squad at four to six and have the players that you want with the NHL club that you feel are NHL ready guys like Curtis McKenzie or an Austin Pogansky or a Sam Annis who they signed in the offseason but a guy like Scott Perunovich is going to be able to go play in the AHL with Utica if he doesn't make the NHL club and he'll be able to split time with Vancouver prospects so it's not going to take a hit you know it does stink that you don't have your own AHL affiliate but I think with this year being so strange it makes sense for teams to back out, and then the Blues did the next best thing and split some time with another NHL team's affiliate. And finally, what's coming up on the program? So we are going to talk with uh, the one and only. Some people have compared him to, I don't know, Hall of Famers, but he's called Dan McLaughlin on the Cardinals broadcast. So we're going to talk with him. we got the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, joining us. And we're going to talk with a good buddy of yours, Tyson Nash, who, of course, is covering the Arizona Coyotes. BK and I are going to continue our preview of the uh, Honda West division that it is called now, Dan. Uh, And we're going to preview Arizona with Tyson Nash. So that'll be fun. He's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. All right, buddy. Looking forward to a great job at 10 thanks thanks danny you got it this is 101 espn tanner great job i'll be back with you tomorrow at 10 on 101 espn 
You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.